Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome, everyone, to the Ultimate NFL Season Preview presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Our Locked On local experts are here to help you get ready for the NFL season by going division by division, covering every team, their rivals, and the best players. But first, our Odyssey insiders, Ross Tucker and Jason LaCanfora, are here to share their thoughts on each division. Today, the AFC South. The AFC South is kind of a mess to me at this point. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And I guess I felt before the season that the Colts would be the clear favorites in the AFC South once they were able to get Carson Wentz and everything else they've done. But now they've got questions. You know, they've got questions with Carson Wentz's health. Looks like he'll try to come back from that foot injury sooner rather than later. But what are the odds after how poorly he played a year ago that Wentz is going to be able to play a lot better this year in a new team with a foot injury? You know, I don't know how how healed that will be for him. Plus, we'll see when Quentin Nelson can come back. Left tackle is still a question mark. After that, of course, the Tennessee Titans are the team that stands out to me in the division, you know, to add Julio Jones to what they already had with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill, it's really impressive. And in fact, given the question marks that we're seeing from the Colts from a health standpoint, I think the Titans might have slid ahead of them a little bit. As for the other two teams in the division, gross. I mean, gross. I know people are excited about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think they've shown in the preseason they still have a long way to go. And the Houston Texans are just kind of a mess in every way. I don't know what is going on with that organization, but at this point, it's really sad. Uh, They used to be a perennial playoff contender. This year, it feels like they'll be lucky if they win four football games, uh, whether that's the AFC South or otherwise. that time again NFL fans it is time for the locked on podcast networks ultimate season preview 2021 and specifically it is time for the AFC South you have me here Tyler Roland host of the locked on Titans podcast you have the completely tapped in the Twitter savant himself Evan Sidery from the Locked on Colts podcast. We have the dynamic duo giving you the best analysis possible down in Houston, John Hickman and Cody Davis. And then the OG himself, 
Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars. Selfishly, we are going to start with the Tennessee Titans, the team that I cover. And just to give you a quick breakdown on the Titans all season, a lot of change on the defense. The Titans got rid of quite a few starters. They added some new faces on defense, some youth in the secondary. Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden, a veteran, and Jackrabbit Jenkins elevated Imani Hooker to a starting safety, added Bud Dupree and Danico Autry in free agency on the defensive line. Titans had a bad defense last year. They're hoping that it's improved. Also elevated defensive court, well, now defensive coordinator Shane Bowen from sort of a puppet defensive coordinator last year. On offense, everything is mostly the same for the Titans. Derrick Henry in the backfield, A.J. Brown outside, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, four starters back on the offensive line. But obviously, one of the biggest stories of the NFL offseason, the Julio Jones trade. So adding Julio Jones kind of take over for Corey Davis. They didn't really add anybody to take over for Jonu Smith, but the thought is, They can do a little tight end by committee and get by. So that's the big changes that you're going to see from the Tennessee Titans this year. Outside of how the team has changed, want to get into a discussion about not only where I think the Titans will end up and how their season will go, but how the rest of our hosts here from the AFC South think the Titans will end up on the season. And I'll start with who I mentioned before and maybe the Titans' biggest competition for the division crown, Evan Sidery. Evan from Locked On Colts. Evan, what are you seeing with this Titans team this year and and what's your feel on what they could be? Yeah, it really feels like a two-horse race, Tyler, between the Colts and the Titans for the AFC South crown this year. Obviously, getting Julio Jones, I think maybe leapfrog Tennessee above Indianapolis right now as far as the potential to win the division. But I think it's a real toss-up if Carson Wentz can go for this Colts team. But from the Tennessee perspective, you add Julio Jones with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill shown to be one of the best play-action passers in the entire NFL over the last couple of years. Losing Arthur Smith, I think, is a big deal. He went down to the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. But you have all the talent in place on offense. The defense still has a lot of question marks to me. I know Danico Autry was stolen from the Colts. The Colts won in the back. The Tennessee Titans got him. But he's more of a rushdown guy compared to a true pass rusher. So I'm intrigued to see what they do there. A lot of youth on that side as well. But I do see Tennessee being a team adding Julio Jones. They should be a 10-11 to 11 win team this year, in my opinion. And quite honestly, if Julio can be the old version of Julio Jones, that offense with Tannehill taking care of the ball is going to be very hard to stop because you can't stack the box anymore against this Titans team when you have Julio Jones and Adrian Brown on the outside. It's going to make it difficult. Down in Houston, John, Cody, I don't know who wants to take the question, but what are your thoughts? My thoughts about Tennessee right now is that they have no excuse to not have a deep playoff run. As Evan just mentioned, uh, Ryan Tannehill is not going to throw the uh, pass the ball over. I'm sorry, turn the ball over too much. You got two amazing tight ends. I'm sorry, not tight ends, wide receivers and Julio Jones. And um, what's my boy name out there who always AJ gets Brown. Disres- AJ yeah. Brown always get disrespected on Madden. He, he gets pissed off at his Madden rating. But you got two great wide receivers. You got a great offensive line. You got Derrick Henry. I think for Tennessee, they got to, you know, tune up, like you said, on defense. I think defense is where they could have did better in certain games last year if they didn't have to throw themselves or run themselves back into the game, rather. But I think Tennessee is in the position where I wouldn't be surprised come January they're they're in the AFC title game. How do you feel about that, Cody? Um, I will 100% agree. And to be honest with you guys, I think – 
Tennessee is going to be the one team that could give Kansas City a run for their money in this in this AFC. Um, you know, they everything that you can say about the Titans going into the 2021 season has been said, but I honestly don't know. Outside of Kansas City, I honestly don't know if there's a better offense because you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, and then you got a dynamic force in your wide receiving core and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around, at least in the AFC, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know no other team that's going to be able to stop those guys. I know you, I know Tennessee do have some questions on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, it's going to be, Tennessee is going to be one of the games where it's going to be like, okay, we might not be able to keep you guys from scoring, but the, but it's going to become a, a big shootout down in Tennessee for this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair to say that the Titans probably have to win games via shootout like they did last year. But going to the OG, Tony Wiggins, what are your thoughts on your uh, the ingrown toenail, as you like to uh, call the Titans? What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, the thought of having A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones together combined with Derrick Henry, I'm just sitting there thinking about play action. And I'm thinking about sucking the safeties up in the box because Henry's always going to be Henry. And those guys running one-on-one with smaller corners when they're big and have catch radiuses and they're physical. Uh, I think they need to avoid shootouts because if you if you don't avoid shootouts, if you get into a shootout, time isn't on your side because usually if you're passing the ball a lot, the game goes very, very quickly. So what happens is you actually uh, want to be able to use play action with Derrick Henry. So if they get to the to the point where they have to score quickly, Derrick Henry doesn't allow you to score quickly, you know, for the most part. So that eliminates the play action. So what they need to do is dictate. They have to play better in their secondary. I think Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute superstar, and Landry and those guys coming off the edge are good. What they have to do is I take the ball first every time, and I try to run eight minutes off of the clock the way the Dallas Cowboys did in the 90s with Emmitt Smith, and then at some point use play action and Tannehill's mobility to try to continue uh, drives and keep the, the other team's defense on. I think you just need to wear the other defense out and then start hitting with the big balls down the field the way the Cowboys did in 93. If there was one player on the Tennessee Titans that you could steal from the Titans and put on your team, which player would that be? And we'll just go ahead and go in the same order, Evan, if you want to lead us off. Yeah, it's probably going to be different than everyone else because I feel very confident about Jonathan Taylor moving forward. He was right behind Derrick Henry last mm-hmm. year in the second half of the season in rushing yards. He's, I think he's going to be a superstar running back behind Henry in this league. So I'm going to go out wide receiver with a young superstar at wideout, and that's A.J. Brown. Even though Julio Jones is now in Tennessee, I still think Brown's going to have a monster season, averaging over 17 yards per reception in his NFL career so far. Just insane numbers that he's putting up. He had 11 touchdowns last year on over 1,000 yards. Maybe just a slight dip in the touchdown department this year, but I do see even more numbers from Brown coming throughout this year with Julio Jones, less double coverage, less safety help over the top for him as well. Uh, AJ Brown's a guy for me. He's under 20, he's 25, under 25 years old. He's a guy that you could build an entire offense around as far as a passing weapon goes. Him and Jonathan Taylor would be a lot of fun, I have to say. So who do you think I'm going to say? Derrick Henry, right? I would guess Derrick Henry. He was my Uh, first guess, yeah. Not even close. I'm okay with not going with Derrick Henry simply because – here in Houston, we need a right guard. Nate Davis is who I will go get. Wow, I, get I like that. We 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 are not confident in what we have at, at right guard or the right side of the line, period. And when I look at what Derrick Henry does, uh, Nate Davis in the run game, not pass blocking, 
But as far as running the ball, Nate Davis is a stud, in my opinion. I'll bring him down to Houston, get him right, get him on the opposite side of Titus Howard, Laramie Tunsil, get him in some Houston food, get him comfortable. Now let's go ahead and play 17 games, man. That's what I would do. Well, I'm going to be a little bit different from my co-host over here, and I'm going to stick with the obvious answer, which is Derrick Henry. This is going to be a run-heavy offense for the upcoming season. And I'm just not too sure if I trust the run game every single week when you have guys like Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson, especially when you consider that um, the offensive line has looked better, especially on that left side when you have Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, and Justin Britt. There's going to be those three guys are going to be able to open a lot of gaps. You know, Derrick Henry will be an extremely upgrade for the Houston Texans. Tony Wiggins, who are you stealing off the Titans to put on to the Jags? It's funny that you called me OG because I want to take the OG, Julio Jones. And the reason why is with a young quarterback and with a team that needs explosiveness outside, I still think that Julio, a healthy Julio, is a top three or top four wide receiver. I still believe right now that when they walk out on that field, Julio Jones has the cachet that a young quarterback would need in a buddy, just somebody he knows I'm going to throw it over there regardless and good things are going to happen. So for me, it would be Julio Jones. Yeah, well, I I like everything that you said there. It makes sense with the young guy, somebody who he grew up watching and knows in the back of his head, oh, I can count on this guy. I think it's funny that you mentioned Evan looked at it from a team-building perspective because you could say that he covers one of the best team-building general managers in the entire NFL, and Chris Ballard may be number one overall. So it's funny how the uh, viewpoints work there. But that's it for the Tennessee Titans, a breakdown from all the hosts from the AFC South. We're going to continue moving down the 2020 standings and talk about the Indianapolis Colts, who, although they have the same record as the Titans' little division tiebreakers there, but the Colts were a great team last year, and they got a lot to be excited about this year. So we'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts coming up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. So the Indianapolis Colts now are in a position back here on the show for our Locked On special, talking through the entire AFC South. Indianapolis Colts last year, like Tyler mentioned at the end of the first seven, talk about the Tennessee Titans, had a tiebreaker loss to the Titans for the division title last season. But this Colts team, not a lot of change this year. Only the big change you have to say is at quarterback, going from Philip Rivers, who retired last season, who did very well, all things, all things considered, coming over in a COVID year, was one of the best in terms of completion percentage last year. They fell short in the wild card round. But you get Carson Wentz on board, who, quite frankly, I think everyone would agree here, was a disaster last year in Philadelphia. They're going to try to rehab his career, reuniting with Curse, with Frank Reich. So far, so good from what we've heard out of camp so far in Westfield at Grant Park. Wentz looks the, the real deal, but he did his comeback from a foot injury. up to see how he, he recovers early in the season. He should be good to go week one. But outside of Carson Wentz, defense was the big priority for the Colts this offseason. They brought back in the weapons on offense. T.Y. Hilton re-signed. They're betting big on Michael Pittman Jr. to take a leap forward in year two. But I have to say the biggest acquisition outside of Wentz this offseason was Quiddy Pay, the rookie draft edge rusher. Number 21 overall, I think, was the best pass rusher in this draft class. You had him alongside DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard in the front seven. The Colts are simply building a monster front seven right now. And you also have a very underrated secondary. Julian Blackman, Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes had a career best season in the cold zone defense. There's not a lot of holes in this roster. If Carson Wentz can at least be a top 10, top 12 quarterback, I think this Colts team is a double-digit win team next season. The first five weeks, though, are an absolute gauntlet. I think that's the toughest schedule in the NFL in the first five weeks. Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, and Ravens. So we'll have to see how that goes. But let me let me toss it your way, Tyler. I mean, what's your thoughts on how the Colts maneuvered this offseason and, and how do you think they're going to end up? Well, I, I think it's been my position. I, like I mentioned, I think Chris Ballard's a really good GM. I know that some people like to bring up the 32 and 32, you know, 500 record, one and two in the playoffs and use that to try to maybe diminish how great he is. But like you said, they're building a monster of a defense and they really just, it, it really brings you back to, man, if Andrew Luck was on this team, who, gosh, uh, they would just be frightening, quite frankly. Uh, I will say that I do see a, a potential problem at left tackle. Once they get Eric Fisher back, they should probably be all right. But right now, I know Sam Tevy is there. Uh, some other guys competing for that spot as well. But uh, I, I think that if they can get through that first stretch of the season, get Eric Fisher back at their starting left tackle position, that'll kind of steady any issues that they are having. Now, I will say, though, you talked about Quiddy Pay and relying on a rookie as much as they probably will can lead you to, uh, I don't know if the pass rush will be there like it has been Justin Houston, although he's an older player, is incredibly productive. So if Quiddy Pay can be what everyone is saying out of Indianapolis that he is and what he showed in some of the preseason games, then that's not a concern. The final concern I really have is the playmakers on the outside. Michael Pittman, a second-year player, uh, can he be what everyone thinks he can be? The NFL is littered with players who didn't, amount to what a lot of people thought they would, but I personally am high on Michael Pittman Jr. as well. And uh, I do want to mention, was it Mike Strachan? Am I saying that right? Uh, The seventh round rookie. Yeah, a lot of people are high on him as well. So the Colts do a great job of developing their players and getting the most out of their young guys. So you, from a Colts perspective, you have to be optimistic there. But I guess the, the pass rush, 
the wide receivers, that left tackle spot. There are some areas where I could see things going a little haywire for the Colts, but uh, if they can get those few places right and the optimism pays off, the Colts are again going to be a, a very high floor team. I don't think they're going to bottom out in any way. They'll definitely be fighting for the playoffs. Uh, the guys down in Houston, what do you guys think? Uh, for me personally, you know, the start the off season off, I thought that there was a, it was pretty much a neck and neck race of who was going to be the best team in the AFC South between Indianapolis and Tennessee. But now looking at the injury of Carson Wentz, and this has always been my concern, I think Tennessee is going to run away with this division. And I only say that because Evan, as you just alluded to, the first five games of the regular season is going to be brutal for you guys. And I understand that Carson Wentz is fighting to get back to make sure he's back to begin the um, 2021 season. But even if there is, by the grace of God, he is able to go out there and play those first five games. He's not going to be 100 percent. And I understand, you know, Indianapolis has a great defense, but how much can the defense stop? The Seattle Sea, um, Seattle Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, the, the Dolphins and, um, Tennessee, as we just mentioned, I, I, I'm just not too sure if, if Carson Wentz is unable to go or he's not 100%. I'm looking at it from a standpoint that's going to hinder, that's going to hinder the offense very much so. Yeah. For me, like right now, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Is it Sam Ellinger, my boy, the UT? Is it Jacob Easton, right? I think this team, when you look at the wideouts, that's, that is a very, very big concern for me. That wideout group would have been perfect for a healthy Carson Wentz. Remember 2017, the year he initially got hurt, they didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver. Everybody was just collectively good. All right, you got an old T.Y. Hilton. You got a Michael Pittman coming into his second year. I think he's a good player. Stephanie came on, <clears throat> excuse me, stronger on towards the end of last season. I think that was perfect for Carson Wentz. Now you got two young quarterbacks. One is a rookie. Where do you go now? And that's a real concern. The, the issue of not having Wentz back there. Also, I don't see a dynamic wide receiver that can consistently make plays for 17 games now. T.Y., I think it's past that unless he plays us. He owns us here in Houston, whether it's in Houston or Indy, but he owns us here in Houston. But uh, moving forward, just how can you guys bounce back or stay Stay competitive until he's able to return. And then when he does return, what Carson Wentz are you going to get back? Yeah, that's a, that's a really big question. And Wentz, he did, he did begin practicing this week again for the Colts. He is warming himself back up, so he might be good to go for week one. But even if, even if it's a 90% healthy Carson Wentz, those first five games, the Colts still might be in a position where they're one and four through that, even with Wentz playing quarterback. So really tough stretch of games to start the season. Tony, what's your thoughts on the Colts? My thoughts are as I'm very high on them, even though I am not high on Carson Wentz, even if he is healthy. And the reason why is because of two things. Uh, they control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They've done a real good job of team building. And when you can knock people around and you can control the line of scrimmage, it helps. And then they added Eric Fisher, who for all intents and purposes, I think is going to be healthy this year to shore up the left tackle spot. Uh, defensively, you talked about the draft pick to go along with, Buckner and you talked about Darius Leonard what they have is they have like-minded people on defense and they have a bunch of guys that are really really yoked the same so offensively the way you can get around not having dominant quarterback play the way Frank Reich is kind of used to when he was the quarterback coach in Philly is you have all of these interesting parts and I think Pittman is interesting 
I think they have some interesting options at tight end. Uh, some other wide receivers, guys that they have been having in development that are quick and fast. But here's where they get really scary. They can hit you with the peanut butter and jelly at running back. Naheem Hines is the cohort truth. I had him in fantasy football, and he gives you a lot of dynamic stuff. In fact, I would go, I would go and say what Urban Meyer was looking forward to with that hammer, and then the the change of pace is exactly what you guys have with Taylor. And then Hines, I, I think it's a perfect match. It's very, very similar to uh, what New Orleans had when they had Ingram and Kamara. And uh, I really do think that uh, Naheem Hines was he was probably the guy who was a little bit of a template along with Kamara in why Urban chose uh, Cliff Atien. Uh, uh, so in, in the draft, so Travis Atien. That's why I think all of the moving parts and the buy-in to what they have going on. That is why I think the Colts are a dangerous team, even though I don't trust the quarterback. Yeah, that's a really good point there. And you, you throw in Marlon Mack to the mix now, who's re-signing a one-year deal. So this running back room is loaded. Obviously, Matt can off torn Achilles, but he looks good so far in camp. But let's go ahead and get to really a, a really intriguing roster for the Colts. We're going to go down the list here of teams in the division who, who wants to steal a certain player off of the Colts roster. Tyler, we'll start back with you. Who's a player on the Colts roster that intrigues you the most you want on Tennessee? This is an easy answer for me. It's a combination of the talent of the player and then the need for the Titans. It would be Darius Leonard. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Maniac is probably a top three linebacker in the NFL. And the Titans have a really good pass coverage linebacker in Jayon Brown, but he's a little bit undersized. And he's on a one-year low deal for the Titans. Rashawn Evans, the other starting linebacker, has disappointed as a first-round pick and is in his final season of his contract. He's not going to come back for the Titans. They have two young guys at linebacker, but I think if you add a top five, top three, sideline to sideline, physical linebacker like Darius Leonard to what the Titans have up front with Simmons, Dupree, and Autry, the youth and the talent that they've added in the back end. I think that would just completely set the Titans defense off to get them from being absolute garbage last year to uh, maybe a little bit better than average. I don't think it would take them to a top 10, top five defense, but I think having that rangy do-it-all inside linebacker would be exactly what Mike Vrabel wants to have as the centerpiece of his defense. So I would take Darius Leonard off the Colts and put him on the Titans. John, I have to imagine you're salivating about Quentin Nelson on Texas. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know it. Listen, Quentin Nelson is the best left guard in the game. Quinn Nelson can run block. Quinn Nelson can pass block. You need Quinn Nelson to pull. He's big. He's quick. He's athletic to get down that line and move some bodies out the way for who's ever running the ball for the Indianapolis coach. That's somebody who we need here in Houston. And it'll make perfect sense. Right now we are, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, experiment, experimenting with Titus Howard at left guard, and I love him at that position. But if we're able to bring a Nelson in, hypothetically speaking, of course, bring a Nelson in, move Howard back to right tackle, that'll completely kind of even out what we have at offensive line. You will have Howard, you will have Nelson, you will have Tunsil, uh, Justin Britton, who's played some very good snaps and ball for us at the center position. Then they'll be able to fill in Max Sharpen or whoever they want to at their right guard position. But looking at what he does for this team, you, I, we mentioned earlier how it sucks that Andrew Luck isn't for playing for this team. And I've always said they waited too late to get a guy like Nelson for Andrew Luck. 
I think he is a generational type of left guard, type of player, period. I would love to have him in Houston. Cody, what, what say you about a guy in, in Indianapolis that intrigues you the most about Houston? Well, for me, I'm going to have to go with Michael Pippen Jr. Um, I've been high on him ever since his days at USC. And plus, the Texans are in a rebuilding stage. And we already have a solid wide receiver on the rookie by the name of Nico Collins. He has looked very good throughout training camp. And I'm hoping that the Texans actually pair him with another quality receiver so we could still have that one-two punch that we used to have back what, two years ago with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Of course, once you take, once you take care of the quarterback situation with who, whether that's, you know, working things out with Deshaun or our rookie and Davis Mills, he start coming along. Um, I think the Texans will still be able to put together a very good offense, but I, I would, I would just love to have Michael Pippen on this team just because they are in, just because they are in a rebuilding stage. Tony, what do you think about Jacksonville? I know there's a lot of intriguing options for if you place a guy from Indy in that system. It would be Quentin Nelson. Uh, I, they need interior offensive linemen right now um, to, to help Trevor Lawrence. The teams in the preseason have been getting pressure right up the middle, and they've been knocking him off of his square a little bit. So it would be Quentin Nelson. But so since John gave such a great description of Nelson, let, let me go with the second option here. But after I tell you, it would be Quentin. But if there's another guy that's a perfect fit is DeForest Buckner. And the reason why is because they want to play the way Baltimore wants to play, right? So when you think of Joe Cullen in Baltimore, you think of Chris Canty, and now lately you think of Calais Campbell, right? So basically I just described the body type of DeForest Buckner, who can play a three technique or a little bit of a shade the way that they play here, have him at defensive line or even five technique defensive end and a three, four multiple front. I really do think right now that the strength of this team is the defensive line. And sometimes you just have to take the one part that's good and make it great. And I think Buckner would put him over the top if Quentin Nelson wasn't available. And it is the Houston Texans time to go. And look, the Houston Texans have been on a very interesting offseason. It started off with everybody on the side of Deshaun Watson. What in the world is Cal Magnair doing? You bring in Nick Casario. All of a sudden, you hire a guy by the name of David Cully. And Deshaun Watson's demand a trade. Couple weeks go by. Next thing you know, he gets hit with 22 lawsuit for sexual misconduct. And now on the flip side of that, everyone is starting to get a better sense and a better appreciation for Nick Casario and David Cully because throughout this whole training camp time, throughout the whole training camp, the guys that Nick Casario has brought in, it, they are proven to be upgraded at positions that the Texans struggled with last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of piggyback off what Cody said. One thing that I love about the decision to bring in Casario is he is bringing the feel of the Patriots. Now I know people hate hearing that, but we know how well coach Houston, I mean, not Houston, the Patriots has been for the course of 20 years, right? We know that that's a fact on the flip side. We also know how poorly coach Houston has been since Bill O'Brien got here in town. And he's won a couple of division titles here in town. But one thing that we can go back to is drafting players, and not being able to coach him up to get to the next level. We can look at Deontay Foreman. After he came back from the injury, there was a lot going on between him and the coaching staff. We can look at Braxton Miller. We can also look at players like, excuse me, 
Davenport, Julian Davenport. We can look at the bad decisions that this coaching staff in front office has done in a very short amount of time, guys. That seems to be alleviated. These guys are actually getting coached, and it's more so about football than it is ego. That's one thing that we're really seeing here down in Houston. I also want to look at the offseason where Cody uh, mentioned the defense. Willing and dealing, bringing in players, removing players. Uh, also with contracts, reconstructing contracts, or so bringing in players that make sense for this 4-3 defense, which I love. I've always been a big fan of the 4-3 defense because you're able to really attack teams from that interior defensive line and hit them in multiple ways instead of leaving that island guy at the uh, in the inside, I'm sorry, in the inside technique. So overall, when we look at what Houston has done so far, do we think Houston has done enough to win the division? Absolutely not. Tyler, the Tennessee Titans, as Cody said earlier, will run away with this division. But do we think that this team is better than last year? The only reason why people would say no is because Deshaun Watson is not on the field. I get that. I totally understand. But when we look at the number 31st defense last year, do we believe Houston will be 31 this year? Absolutely not. I also want to look at the wide receiver core. No, we don't have a Will Fuller. Uh, and we don't know whether or not we have Brandon Cooks, but we don't know whether or not Kiki QT will make this team. But I think Houston is able to do things more creative to get the ball and put these receivers in places to win in space. So I, overall, the coaching is a whole lot better here in town. The atmosphere is a whole lot better. The culture is a whole lot better. We no longer have to deal with the entity of Bill O'Brien. Well, I have to say, just taking a look here uh, at the Texans, my kind of view of the Texans this year is it's all about answers. It's not about winning a bunch of football games, trying to win the division. I know that that's what they're selling the players. and But I think it's, is David Coley a real coach? Can Nick Casario bring in some good talent? And a lot of the players that were signed were on one-year deals. So who can stick? Nobody has job security there. So you really got to work for your spot and if you want to be around long-term. And then, of course, the Deshaun Watson thing. I don't know if it's going to be resolved this season or whatever, but you got to think that there has to be some clarity by the time next season rolls around. So I think my view of the Texans this year, they're not going to be competing for the playoffs or competing for the division, but they just need to get answers on all of the people they brought in from coaching all the way down to the roster. And then to Watson, they just need to get some answers on what the future is going to be like so that they can actually plan for the future. I don't think that Cully's a terrible coach. I don't think Casario is a bad GM or anything. Some people are hating on him already, and that's just low-hanging fruit. But I think ultimately the Texans organization just needs to get some answers and get some clarity on, on who deserves to be around. And then, of course, clarity on the Deshaun Watson situation so that they can move forward in 2022 and actually try to be a team that does make the playoffs. Cause in the NFL, you could flip your situation overnight. I don't think that they're going to be able to flip it this year, but if they can get some positive answers on some of the people in the building, I think that would be a, a good step and still a positive outcome for this season. I would like to say before we move on, I think Deshaun Watson actually plays for the Houston Texans next year. All right. I mean, that would, nobody really knows for sure, if that happens, I think that that elevates. I mean, Deshaun Watson could carry you to four wins on his own. So, I mean, as that does. Seen. Yeah, as I, he almost took the Titans 
to the wire two times in a row last year, even though it was a bad season. So, yeah, if Watson plays, it changes it. But right now, thinking that he may not play, I don't think the Texans have a lot to to be happy about in terms of what they can do on the field in terms of wins. But getting answers for the future, I think that'll be important. Yeah, echoing Tyler's sentiment there, I totally agree with everything he said. And I know Johnny mentioned you think Deshaun Watson is going to play in 2022, but I, I look at the Texans' schedule, look at the Texans' roster, I think we might see the first 0-17 team in NFL history. I mean, I just – I really don't know if we're going to see a lot of wins coming out of this Texans organization this year. It just seems like a – I know there's been a lot going on in the positive recently for the Texans. Nick Casera is a great GM, but – I have a hard time coming up with one win. I really do have a hard time coming up with one win when I see the schedule, when I see this roster. And I just think it's a total rebuilding year, a total year of just forgetting for the Texans. I, I Maybe you get two wins, three wins tops, but I'm looking at this Texans team. If Deshaun Watson is holding firm for another year about not wanting to ever play for the Texans, Texans fans should go right up the road to Oklahoma and watch Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma Sooners quarterback. I think that could be your future quarterback next year after 2022 trade Deshaun Watts for some future draft capital. But, yeah, I'm going to go on record and say I think 0-17 is going to happen for Houston. Killed him. We Killed play him. the Jacksonville Jaguars week one with an offensive line that can't block to save their life. And Lovey Smith in the first two preseason games, we've combined for eight sacks. I'm going to tell you this right now. If there's not one win on this record, September 12th, week one, we're going to go ahead and take care of the Jacksonville. Jaguars, and I said that because I know Wig is coming next, but we're getting that dub. Uh, Mr. Chairman, can I get my time, please? Thank you very much. I, we've been seeing a lot of that politics on TV where people have to demand their time. I want my damn time. So listen to me. Let me explain something. I'm not going to defend the Jaguars because we're going to do that next, but let me talk about the Texans. All right. This league is this league for a reason. J.J. Watt is a first ballot Hall of Famer. DeAndre Hopkins is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, the quarterback, if he can keep himself out of trouble, has a shot to be a first battle Hall of Famer. You don't just lose those people and replace them with a whole bunch of names that people don't know and all of a sudden think you're going to be all right or think that when somebody has the nerve to think that you can't win a game, you got the nerve to ball your face up on this app and look at us like we're crazy. Let me explain something to you. It's one thing when you don't have expectations. And right now what they've done in, in, in Houston is they've gone straight infrastructure this year. One one year players. We want a whole bunch of guys that's willing to come in here and fight, scrap and work hard. You know, what they basically did. They went and got a whole bunch of dudes that work 12 hours a day with their lunch pails. All right. And now y'all expecting them to do something like the dude on billions. No, he ain't building no. Qual- this is what this is. Lowered expectations with a bunch of guys who work hard while a bunch of prima donnas run around getting themselves in trouble. No expectations whatsoever, and the fans will appreciate them playing hard. Now, I've been sucked into this last year. Because I knew everyone on the Jaguars roster, I thought they could win five games. And they went one and 15. Just because you're familiar with those guys, it doesn't matter. Because you know what's going to happen? They ain't playing against themselves. They're going to get on the field, and they're going to see other people who are good. And I'm not judging anything by the preseason. I grew up with the Washington football team that did not score a touchdown in preseason. And they won the Super Bowl. So I know what the preseason can mean. It makes you think you see things that you don't see, but you don't use lose first ballot Hall of Famers and then go name a coach that nobody ever heard of. And then 
have people that hate the people in the front office. Legends can't stand people in the front office. And all of a sudden we're going to kumbaya this thing and everything's going to be all right. I got news for you. And I know we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys are the worst team in the NFL. Let me say this real quick. I got to say this. My, and I'm on record by saying the ceiling for and this for, team and, is- and for a fact, and for a fact, let me explain something to you. You talking about we don't have offensive line? Y'all should know what it's like. That y'all went to the playoffs with no damn offensive line like three straight years. And, and and I get that. My expectations on record has been the ceiling four games that they win. The least that they win, the floor is two games. I get that. So don't be balling. Okay, everybody over got beef with don't this be team. Your face up. Nobody ain't got beef. Nobody ain't got beef. What Every, got everybody, is, no, the people no, that we, have beef with this front office, Bill O'Brien gone. And, and, All and, and, those people and, are gone. And, and, ain't nobody got beef with y'all. What we're telling you is stop spitting that pork out your mouth when oh, you talk man. about how good they're gonna be. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, I I saw something the other day. It had the odds of winning. It was like minus 100 for the Texans or the, I mean, the Titans and minus 250 maybe for, they had minus 600 for the Jaguars in odds. They had minus 720,000 for y'all. And y'all got the nerve to sit up here and think y'all going to have a chance to beat people. I we get beat it. We won. I, I get it. On the outside looking in, things does, it looks terrible for the Texans. But what I will say is this, the, Part of the reason why the Texans went four and twelve, and part of the reason why we have a lot of guys like JJ Watt, as you just alluded to, we who are no longer a part of this organization, is because the culture was that terrible. Bill O'Brien is no longer a part of this team, and that was the number one issue for this team. The coaching is better across the board. I'm not talking about David Cutler. I'm talking about his assistant coaches like Lovey Smith, Robert Prince. Um, I had an opportunity to speak to Pep Hamilton. He is a coach, unlike Bill O'Brien, he wants to take a step back and let his coaching staff help coach these players. A lot of guys, like you're going to see a lot of the guys like Lonnie Johnson Jr. He has showed a lot of promise throughout training camp because he is being put together with a better coaching staff, especially with Lovey Smith. I understand it. On the outside looking in, the Texans are a joke. I'm not saying that the Texans are going to be a good team this year. I'm not saying that this is an organization that's going to be in the run for the playoffs, but this is a team that's going to be able to steal a couple wins because the culture is a lot better. The coaching is better. And, and just quite honest with you, the whole vibe surrounding this organization is better because even when we had Watt and D hop and Deshaun, the culture and the vibe and the atmosphere wasn't bad, wasn't that good as it is now. So with that being said, and I'm pretty sure I know this is going to be a unanimous decision, but if there is one guy that you can, I'm not even going to say steal because I think I know the answer to this and it's basically going to be him packing his bags and happily going over to the new team. But if, if there was a player that you guys can steal from the Texans, who would that be? Tyler, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to go quickly. Uh, unfortunately, not uh, not a lot of options to pick from. I'm not going to take the obvious answer in Watson because of his situation. I just don't know uh, how it's going to work out. I'm going to take Zach Cunningham at linebacker. I, I talked already in the in the Colts section about what a every down solid sideline to sideline linebacker could do for the Titans defense. So I'm going to go with Zach Cunningham. Yeah, I'm going to go off status quo like Tyler. Just because of Deshaun Watson's question marks, I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm going to put Tristan Carson once to see what happens there. I'm going to go with Laramie Tunsil. I can't imagine him and Quentin Nelson on the left side together. That would be a monster mauling duo. That, that would be a lot of fun. I had Ryan Kelly at center, too. That's just a, a fearsome trio on the left side. Can't let that happen. We just can't. 
I'm going to go Larry Matunsa too because John and Cody says our offensive line stinks in Jacksonville, and it probably does, but I'll take Larry Matunsa and move Cam Robinson over to right tackle. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I'm Tony Wiggins of the Jacksonville Jaguars, joined by my brothers in the AFC South as we do a preview here. Um, let me tell you about the Jaguars offseason. It's been a roller coaster. It started out as uh, a barbecue. Uh, they secured the number one pick. They then got Urban Meyer, the college football coaching legend, to come back and be their head coach. They promised to do things in a bigger way. They have recently had, a, had a, an approval for a $150 million training facility. They have a a bigger staff, a bigger strength and conditioning coach. And Urban says that he wants the absolute best of the best. They drafted Trevor Lawrence. They drafted Travis Etienne, two guys who were college superstars uh, to be a part of this team. And then with the most cap space in the NFL, they decided to not grab, grab star players, but to do what, what they felt was needed. And that was team build. So they went for infrastructure players and signed maybe 13 free agents. So the best players on the team, coming back were all the players who were here before. And uh, what has happened since then is a couple of lackluster playoff, uh, I'm sorry, preseason games. Uh, Travis Etienne is out with a Liz Frank injury, and he's been placed on season-ending IR for the rest of the season, and he was supposed to add uh, explosiveness. They've had three uh, uh, injuries on the offensive line that have not allowed them to have their starting offensive line on the field for one preseason game. And they have not had the development of Walker Little, the second round pick, uh, the tackle out of Stanford that they thought they would get, although he's been away for two years. So the luster has gone off a little bit on the preseason. Urban has said that they're being very vanilla against his will. But Daryl Bell, the offensive coordinator, wants him to be vanilla because he does not want to give away what is going to happen for the rest of the season. So with that being said, I know opinions vary about Trevor Lawrence, who was named the starter recently uh, in a weird sort of uh, competition with Gardner Minshew, but he was named the starter. He's played pretty well in the preseason. To go to show you about Trevor, Trevor was 14 for 23 for like 120 yards with no turnovers, and people thought that that wasn't good enough. Uh, We're really measuring quarterbacks now at at a different level because of the hype. So uh, part of the Jacksonville being overhyped a little bit, they've been brought back down to reality that they were a one in 15 team last year, and it may take a little bit longer than they think to get going. With that being said, I want to bring in my esteemed colleagues from around the league, uh, Evan Sidery from the Colts, Tyler Rowland from the Titans, and the dynamic duo of Cody Davis and John Hickman with the Texans. Evan, let me get your opinion of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Yeah, I'm actually pretty intrigued by what's going on in Jacksonville. I was a huge fan of Trevor Lawrence. I think he is the next coming of these generational quarterbacks. You see Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway. I think Trevor Lawrence is the next coming of that. We saw it throughout his time at Clemson, just absolute rocket of an arm. He has the leadership qualities. He has the mobility, just everything he won today's modern quarterback. Lawrence has it. This team reminds me a lot of the 2012 Colts when Andrew Luck first came on board. I don't see an 11-win team for the Jaguars, of course, but I do see around six to seven wins if Trevor Lawrence can get things going. The offensive line obviously is a huge question mark like it was for the Colts during Luck's tenure, but if they can get that situated down the road, you have the running back in James Robinson. You have the young weapons as well. I'm a big fan of LaVisca Chanel. I'm a big fan of Josh Allen on the other side as well as a pass rusher. You add a couple more pieces on both sides of the ball here. I think in a year or two, this Jaguars team is going to be actually really legit. I like what they have with the quarterback and Lawrence, of course. So I see six to seven wins here. I think this is a really intriguing young group of, of talent in Jacksonville. I think the biggest question for me is Urban Meyer. What exactly is he going to be like in the NFL? Because if he can actually be a legit NFL head coach, that does change things, I think, for the long-term picture. That's a great point. Urban does. I think one of the mistakes that he's making is he's delegating too much. I know our friends in Houston talked about how their coach is actually letting his coaches coach. I think Urban has some qualities that he brought to the league, but I think he's being very cautious about allowing Daryl Bevel on offense and Joe Cullen on defense to, to have a lot of input because they've been around the league. I, I don't think he needs to do that. I think we need more of him the way Arizona has more of their college coach. And if somebody goes to Oklahoma and they hire that coach, we're going to get more of him because the college game is and the NFL game are really, really closer than they used to be. And Urban admitted that himself. To me, he's not putting a much, he's being too humble. He needs to come in and be more of a, a CEO, a hands-on guy to make people do what he wants them to do as opposed to him acquiescing. And I think that's slowing their progress down a little bit. Let's go to Evan. Evan, what do you think about the Jags? Well, Evan, uh, Evan just, oh, uh, Evan just, just went. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I'll, no. I'll hop in for him. And Here we go. Uh, yeah, Tyler. Yeah. I'll go ahead and just say this. Uh, I'm actually with Evan. It pains me to say it. I know uh, there's a lot of animosity between uh, Jacksonville's fan base and the Titans fan base. As I have learned personally myself at times, uh, getting in run-ins with the Jags fans, they definitely have uh, some sharp teeth uh, down there in Jacksonville. But I do kind of like what the Jags are building. I liked their roster really coming into this. Uh, I know me and Tony have kind of disagreed, but I kind of like what they had on the offensive line at times. Uh, the defense has some really good young talent on it. So I kind of like what Jacksonville's putting together, and I agree with Evan. Uh, it just depends on how good of a coach Urban Meyer really is. I think they have talent at all three levels on defense in Jacksonville with Josh Allen, Caleb Von Chasen, Miles Jack. C.J. Henderson, who maybe they're getting rid of, but they would only do that if they have some good talent behind him. Uh, and then on offense, you know, you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence, and the reality is the rising tide lifts all boats. So Lawrence may struggle early on as he gets his bearings in the NFL, but eventually he's going to be an absolute stud. I, I, I don't believe that there's a bust potential there with Trevor Lawrence. So I, I like what Jacksonville has. Like Evan said, I don't think it's going to be one of those years where they shock people in a big way. But I actually have a little personal bet with someone in my uh, in my extended family. I think that Jacksonville has a chance to win six or seven games this year, and that is a surprise in itself to some people. So uh, I, I'm I'm a little bit higher 
on Jacksonville than maybe the general consensus, but uh, I could be proven wrong, and I won't be mad if I'm wrong. But uh, I, I like what Jacksonville is building, and I think, uh, Tony, you made a great point about Urban. They brought him yes. on to be Urban Meyer and to imprint who Urban Meyer is on the roster. He's going to find his way just like Trevor Lawrence. And if that coaching hire works out, I think Jacksonville in about a year or two could be a playoff team. Yeah, uh, just to show you uh, my love-hate relationship with Tyler, he was supposed to go first, but I skipped him. And, that you know, that's it. Young boys in Fair. Houston think I don't – them boys in Houston think we having fun in Houston. Tyler has had some real run-ins with the Jaguar fans. And I almost I – t- I had I told him one day, don't do it. And he did it anyway, and then I felt sorry for him. So uh, they can be a little bit brutal because they, uh, they're they bitter and they have a right to be. They, they've been suffering for a long time. I like to put my goal. hand on the burner, man. I, I, I yeah. like to, I like to get hurt and find out the lessons hard, I guess. <laughs> All right, my, my brothers in Houston, John and Cody, uh, any specific order, tell me uh, what you guys – matter of fact, John, you go first because I know oh, Cody's going to get man. dirty. Oh, I, Cody, Cody has Cody, Me and Cody got something we need to work out. But, John, you go first because I'm, I'm going to let Cody spill all that babbage out. Then I'm going to say what I got to say. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I think for me, those two question marks – Urban Meyer and you, yeah, Tyler, you made a great point. Like we need to see Urban Meyer. That's what they brought you in for. But can those two question marks and Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence be the two key pieces to get this Jacksonville team from man next year with this young squad? Next year they got a young, they got some young talent. Maybe next year, maybe next year since they went to the AFC title game, those next years are finally should be now, but. When you look at, like I mentioned, I'm, a, I'm an offensive line guy. They got to protect Trevor Lawrence. And so people need to chill out. They need to chill with maybe he's going to be a bust. It took Peyton Manning, what, four to five years before we found out he was the general? Okay? You, people, as you mentioned, we live in this hype, but we want it now. We want microwave success. Take your time and relax a little bit. But can those question marks actually get this Jacksonville Jaguar team from maybe next year? to, oh, no, this is the year. And I think if you get six or seven wins out of this Jacksonville Jaguar team with a rookie head coach in the NFL, a rookie quarterback, uh, brought in 13 new players, but you got players on the opposite side of the of the ball on defense, you do got some young studs. They just got to figure it all out. I think y'all do move C.J. Henderson at some point. Though. I, don't, I don't think his time in Jacksonville is going to last too much longer. But that front seven is scary. KV and Chasing got to give you a, a, a way more than what we – what he did last year, but Josh Allen is a guy that I, I I dread watching, dread playing. He's that good. I just want to see what these question marks can they be the answers. I actually don't have Jacksonville winning that many games. I have them winning no more than five. And that's no disrespect to Jacksonville because I do believe that Urban Myers is the coach that you guys need. And I do believe in Trevor Lawrence, but I think the loss of Trevin, of Trevor Etienne is really going to hurt this organization, especially considering that Regardless of how good we expect Trevor Lawrence is going to be in his career, he's still going to go through some struggles as a rookie. And I really like the pairing that they did for him. Not only did you get Trevor Lawrence, but you got a guy that he was already familiar with in Trevor that he's coming into this season. He's coming into the offense. He, he's, that is a guy that he already has chemistry and camaraderie with. With Trevor, 
missing the entire 2021 season i think that is going to hurt trevor lawrence the most plus you got to take into consideration the offensive line with I, I must say I, I i have to be honest about this i did not know that jacksonville offensive line um had a couple injuries and that's probably part of and that's part of the reason why we saw them look so bad in these last two preseason games especially what we saw monday night against the new orleans saints but i, I just think the loss of, of trevor is was going to hurt the, at least the start of the promise for this organization moving forward. I, I totally agree with you. And uh, they had two starters out. So I'm, I'm going to give you a mulligan here, even though you didn't know that. They looked worse in the first game against Cleveland. Hmm. But Cam Robinson played. They only had two guys out, Norwell and Leonard, the starting guard and the starting center. However, Cleveland did not start any starters on their front seven. And they were in the backfield every single time. So it's still a red flag for me that they they seemingly played no Miles Garrett, none of those dudes, and they couldn't block them with uh, three starters in the in, in the line. And then the other two guys, they're in their top seven. So you you know you need eight good offensive linemen in order to compete because of injuries and because of guys just getting tired in, in certain games. So with that being said, let's go in the proper order. Let's go Tyler Evan. And then to John and Cody, if you could snatch a player off of the Jaguars team to help your club, who would it be? This was really tough for me personally. It came down to uh, two – well, it's hard to call the first one young anymore. He's kind of in the middle of his career now. But I'm just going to keep it consistent. I took a linebacker from the Colts. I took a linebacker from the Texans. And I'm taking a linebacker from the Jags. I'm taking Miles Jack. And I know that he had uh, like a down year a few years ago, but bounced right back. Uh, He's a guy, maybe, you know, not the biggest guy like a Darius Leonard, but man, he'll hit you in the mouth. He's all over the field. He can cover uh, not only in zone coverage and man coverage. He can step up against the run and play with physicality. He is a a picture-perfect sideline-to-sideline guy when he's playing his best football. So I'm going to go ahead and take Miles Jack to pair with Jayon Brown on the inside for the Titans. This is an easy one for me. I, even though the kumbaya with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich has been fun so far the last few months, if I have a chance to snatch Trevor Lawrence up behind this Colts offensive line, I'm doing that every single day of the week. And you have a rookie contract for the next five years. Super window opens wide up. You get Trevor Lawrence behind that offensive line. So I'm going to steal Trevor Lawrence here for the Colts. Yeah, for me, I'm going to take somebody that makes sense for Houston at this point in time. And this may sound weird, but I'm going with Gardner Minshew. There's a lot of questions at quarterback. We look at uh, Jeff Driscoll is still second on this depth chart. When was the last time have you guys watched Jeff Driscoll play football? Ah, don't worry it about it. It's been memory. bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And we don't know what Davis Mills can do. One thing I know about Gardner Minshew is he's better than what I, I think a lot of people think he is. He's better than Mills. He's light years better than Driscoll. Is he better than Tyrod Taylor? We're going to find out more Saturday because Houston is planning to play their starters for, I believe, a half. Cody's been there practicing. That's been an emphasis preparing them to play a half of football. But moving forward, Gardner Mitchell's on his rookie contract as well. We can bring him in, see what he has uh, left, and, and we maybe move forward with him. I'm not sure, but he's better than the two options that we have outside of um, Tyrod Taylor right now. I would definitely take Gardner as well, but since my co-host stole my number one answer, I'm going to go with the second um, easiest answer, and that's Trevor Lawrence, because regardless of what you say about the Houston Texans, I think we all can agree that this is a team that has hit the rebuild button. And, you know, 
there's hardly nobody in the world except for John who believes that the Texans are going to be able to work things out with Deshaun Watson, which means they have a big hole to fill in for the quarterback, not just for 2021, but for the future as well. And what better way to start your rebuild than getting Trevor Lawrence, who we all are projecting to be part of the next wave of this of the great quarterbacks for this upcoming for the next couple of years. So and and not only that, look, the Texans offensive line is much better than it was last year. And then we have a young stud. You guys, you guys are going to learn his name this year. Nico Collins. He has looked very good throughout training camp. He's a big body receiver. And I'm just hoping that the Texans throughout this rebuild, rebuild, pair him with a good quality quarterback. I would love to see Trevor Lawrence and Nico Collins play some years together here in the city of Houston. I mean, where? Go ahead, Tony. I want to be clear. So you take Trevor Lawrence as a consolation to taking Gardner Minshew. Yes. No, only take, because only because John, you know, stole. So, my so, number so one no, 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 I'm going to be clear. You take if you had your choice, regardless of who John took, both of y'all would take Gardner Minshew over Trevor Lawrence. Well, I'm just being realistic. Yeah, we, okay. we know. Me too. All right. All right. All right, all right. Yeah, so just Y'all love those lunch pail dudes. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> no, ten times out of ten, we taking Trevor Lawrence. But I, we know that. I, I don't think Jacksonville would take Deshaun Watson if he was available. A heads up, take him and we get Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they'd do you. that. I got so you. realistically, the next best option, considering I'm looking at what this team needs. We got better on defense. We got better offensive line. We got better at the running back position. The question mark has been the quarterback. Number four, number five, Tyrod Taylor. I'm bringing in Gardner Mitchell because I'm telling you guys right now, if at any point of the season Jeff Driscoll is in a regular season game and it's not due to the fact we're closing out a game and we're up ten with three minutes left, I don't even want to see that. I don't. I, I need to see a minute. We don't want to see him at all, and if I do mean game, at all. Then Ooh. we have a problem here in Houston. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's uh, why I'm going with Gardner Minshew. And y'all Houston, stop you have a problem with, with Jeff Driscoll. We do. Yeah, that guy absolutely. has looked terrible. Yeah, yeah, that that all makes sense. Well, we have literally previewed every single team in the AFC South. There is no place on earth where you can get a better AFC South preview than what you just got. We are going to cap this thing off and land this plane by quickly going through the predictions for where these teams will land from each host. So we are going to go ahead and jump into that next. Okay, we are back. Finally, going to cap off this odyssey of an adventure by doing some predictions for the AFC South. Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked On Titans. Again, just to refresh, we got Tony Wiggins, Locked On Jags, Evan Sidery, Locked On Colts, John Hickman and Cody Davis from Locked On Texans. I think that the Tennessee Titans do win this division. I have them at about 12 and 5, 11 and 6, somewhere in there. I think the Colts are a playoff team getting the last wild card spot going 9 and 8. I see Jacksonville realistically being 5 and 12 and having some bright moments that will keep their fan base very energized for the future. And then the Houston Texans, I do see them going 2 and 15 on the year. I kind of agree with some of the analysis. It is the NFL, they have NFL players. They might be able to get a, a couple of wins this year. So 2-15 and 15 with the Texans bringing up the rear. Evan, your team got second in the division. You'll go second here. What do you think the, the division final standings look like? Yeah, it looks very similar to yours, Tyler. I think Tennessee does go 11-6. and six. 
I do think the Colts go 11 and six too. I do think Tennessee wins the tiebreaker again this year. I think the Colts are going to stumble out of the gates a little bit, but they have a really soft schedule in the second part of the season. So I think they make up some ground, get to 11 and six. Carson Wentz plays at least, at least competent football as their quarterback, top 12, top 15, so to say. That could get it done. Jacksonville, I'll go six and 11 here. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to get them going later in the season. It's going to be a really intriguing team to watch. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm just going to stick to my guns. Houston Texans, 0-17. Texans, that's you guys. What, what is the dynamic duo in, in Houston think the division standings will look like? I think for Tennessee, I think you guys go 12-5. and I think, you know, you made some adjustments on defense. And when you add Julio Jones, when you already have A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry with a quarterback like, excuse me, like Ryan Tannehill, who reminds me a lot of those great Alex Smith years. Like, I don't know if he's going to go out there and win you a bunch of games, but with the talent around him, you don't expect for him to lose a bunch of games. I think 12-5 is fair for you guys, and I do think you you guys will be in the AFC title game. Uh, Indy, I think, goes 9-8. and eight. I don't know how this team bounced back without Carson Wentz. Even if Carson Wentz comes back, what Carson Wentz will this team get? Will it make sense to put him back in, even though I know that contract is crazy? They got to pay him. Will it make sense to start him? Or do you want to roll with whoever is hot right now at quarterback, whether it's Easton or Sam Elliger? And I'm pulling for my boy out of UT, Sam Elliger. I think I hope he has a fighting chance. Jacksonville, I think seven to ten. I like this team, man. I like Trevor Lawrence. What I see out of Trevor Lawrence is the exact same thing I saw out of Andrew Luck. Coincidentally, so it took them a long time to put an offensive line around him, which led to his early retirement. But I think he's that generational. For us here in Houston, I got two. Five and 12 is the ceiling, and that's a very high ceiling. I know that. Three and 14 is where I think realistically this team will end up. I will say this. Come week one, I think Houston gets the first dub of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I'm a, mine's a little bit similar to um, my co-host, John. I do have Tennessee actually going 13 and four. Um, I am really intrigued by this offense. I, I just don't under, I just don't know too many teams that's going to be able to stop Derrick Henry in the backfield. And then you got a dynamic duo with your wide receiving core. Like, like Tennessee is going to make some noise after that. Indianapolis, I do have you guys at eight and nine only because those first five games of the regular season I think that's going to be too hard for you guys to overcome especially considering that Carson Wentz will not be 100% now for the final two I'm sticking with I'm sticking with the team I cover I think the Houston Texans you know from what I'm seeing in training camp and for what I've been seeing ever since the start of OTAs, like I say, the culture around this organization, the vibe around this organization has improved. Um, I got the Texans at five in um five and twelve. I, I think that is a realistic record for this team. And I also think that's the ceiling for this organization as well. And for the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I just mentioned, I think the loss of Trevor, um, um hold on. Travis, I'm sorry. I think the loss of of Travis is a little bit to over is is a little bit hard to, for you for you guys to overcome because like I just mentioned, I I just know going into his rookie season, Trevor Lawrence will struggle, and that was going to be a safely safety blanket for him because he already has chemistry with his running back. But I do have you guys finishing at four and thirteen. All right, I'll go uh, thirteen and four for Tennessee. Uh, they'll have the second best record because uh, I think they'll win at least five games in the division. I don't know if they'll be better than Buffalo or Cleveland, but I think Buffalo and Cleveland will, because they'll have to fight through other teams in their division. I think Buffalo will be a very good team, but they have to get 
they may split with New England and Miami. And then, of course, I think Kansas City is the cream of the division. So I think the number two seed for the tech, uh, for the Titans, I don't know if that necessarily means they're the second best, but they'll have the second best record in the conference. Uh, for Evan, I, I just don't trust the quarterback, but I trust him enough to be competitive at 10 and 7. Uh, I really think that they have a shot to be 10 and 7 and possibly win some some games that they're not supposed to win. And if they do that, they could probably add a game or two. Uh, I'm going with Jacksonville third, and I'm going to say uh, seven and 10, uh, because I do think at some point they're going to click, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to win some games. They have a little stretch of about four games late in the season where they don't have necessarily have the toughest opponents. And they might be able to get one or two early. I think they'll win the opening game anyway. Houston, I'm going to say one and 16 because I do want y'all to have a little bit of hope, right? I just don't trust the roster. It's it's nothing really personal. I've never disliked Houston. I've just seen teams that go through this dysfunction with Watson and all of the press clippings and the guys leaving and then starting over with a new coach and a new GM and where everybody tries to get on the same page, but you still have to kind of win it on the field. I don't think the organization has paid the consequences yet for their ineptness. I don't. I don't think last year was it. I think the ineptness kept going with with the whole Watson fiasco that he probably caused on himself. There's usually a price you have to pay with that that's not negative press. And the price is usually the product on the field. So that's why I think they're due for about a 1-16 in season. Man, what an incredible breakdown. Had an absolute blast talking everything AFC South with the best set of hosts of any division on the Locked On Podcast Network. I will stamp that. Of course, you have me, host of the Locked On Titans Podcast, Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked On Colts Podcast, Evan Sidery, the two hosts of the Locked On Texans Podcast, John Hickman and Cody Davis, and then Tony Wiggins, the Locked On Jaguars host. The AFC South has a lot of intrigue this year. Uh, Be exciting to watch. Look forward to talking to all of you guys throughout the season in our weekly crossovers when the games actually happen. Remember, any podcast produced by the Locked On Podcast Network can be found on all platforms and always for free. So make sure you check that out and enjoy the rest of the division conversations on the Locked On Podcast Network's Ultimate Season Preview 2021. So I've gone back and forth as to who I think will win the AFC South. Initially, I was thinking the Indianapolis Colts. I felt like Carson Wentz, would have something to prove. He's back with Frank Reich. But there's too many question marks right now for the Colts. You know, the health of Quentin Nelson and Wentz, the performance of Wentz, and then the left tackle position. I'm not seeing as many question marks with the Tennessee Titans. Titans have been a solid team under Mike Vrabel. They added Julio Jones to replace what they got from Corey Davis. I like, and I'm predicting the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South with the Colts closely behind them. The Jaguars are in third place, and the Houston Texans might already be on the clock with the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our eight-part series breaking down all 32 teams across all eight divisions ahead of the 2021 NFL kickoff as the ultimate NFL season preview brought to you by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network 
continues. In tomorrow's episode, we'll see if the Buffalo Bills can win back-to-back division titles for the first time since 1991. It's the AFC East. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.